Hello and welcome to the Apostolic Church Liverpool podcast. We hope the message you're about to listen to will inspire you, will be a blessing to you and give you perspective in life. For more of such messages, you can visit our website at www.tac-lona.org.uk You can also access other messages and resources from our YouTube channel, The Apostolic Church Europe. We hope you're blessed and inspired by today's message. God bless you. Here's the message. Right. Let's move on. Okay. Faith. Now, the quintessential requirement. Let's quickly read John 2. We're going to read from verse 5. It says, His mother said to the servants, Whatever it tells you, do it. And verse 6 is, neighbors to six stones, water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing each holdings from 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water so they fill them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water and had been turned into wine. He did not realize what he has come from, though the servant who had drawn the water knew. The key thing I want to say is that I said, whatever he tells you, do it. Now, it takes faith to look at a big bowl that they use for washing. And Jesus said, just fill it, take the jar, take the water, supposedly, and go and serve the shaman. And you didn't ask any question. You just do it. Faith. So today we'll be talking about faith and faithfulness. So what is faith? Hebrews 11.1, 1, describe. Don't want to use the word define because the Bible is not a dictionary. De- describe faith as the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The key word there, the key word you want to underline is substance and evidence. Faith, substance. That word substance means substantiate, something that confirmed. The substance of our faith is very important. The substance is Jesus. Why? Because the substance we need, when we understand the substance, then we will not, you know, put our problems and challenges in a pedestal that's above the substance. The substance is Jesus. The substance is revealed to us in different dimensions to substantiate. So what is faith then? It's quite simply trusting God and his word. Trusting God and his word, which is a substance more than anything you can see in the natural. Regardless of what we see, what you touch, what you taste, we are not moved. That's a song that says, we are not moved by what we see. Hallelujah. We know more by what we touch. Ali. It's regardless of what you see. 
the things that we see are temporary, but the things that we don't see are the things that are permanent. If faith is a powerful force that changes the world. That's what the Bible repeated faith in King James Version 245 times and used the word belief 178 times. In Romans 117, it says, For it in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, how should we live? The justified shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. As Christians, faith is our life. It is the currency in which we used to receive that which has been delivered unto us long before we come into existence. The Bible says, before you were formed in the womb, I knew you are not an accident that just now, so many people think their father and their mommy just get a little bit excited. And for that reason, they came to this world. No, you're not an accident. You have come to fulfill your own part of a vision of the purpose. It's a bigger one, but you come to do. And without you, that will not be complete. Shout hallelujah. The Bible says, James 1.5, he said, if any of you lack wisdom, now, that wisdom you can replace with anything. If any of you lack anything, you should ask God who gives generously. Now, that is a character of our God. He's a giver and he gives generously. Okay? To all, how many people without finding fault? Does it find fault? No. He said, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, oh, this is your part, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Next it says, okay, let's leave it to say, unstable words, those should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Now, it's not that the Lord will not give, but there's a difference between giving and receiving. Like this morning, I was praying and praying. I just say, God, I need the overflow of your presence. Your presence is here. We just need an overflow. God said, oh, my people are unfaithful. Say, let them pray that you forgive. And as we pray, things change immediately. The angels of the Lord start moving around freely. Otherwise, you just, we just struggle. We struggle to pray. We struggle to do things. And we just go and nothing will change. That will not be value added. So that's why we're sensitive to the move of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So faith is a potent force in receiving from the Lord. Now, there are many programs today, not from the Bible. One says faith sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. 
Now, faith, like I told you, is like a muscle. The more you exercise it, the more it grows. If you don't use it, it remains dormant. Everybody has a deposit of faith. It comes with a package of salvation. Once you got saved, you have a deposit of faith in you. But to grow in faith, you have to keep exercising your faith. Shout hallelujah. In Romans 12, 3, the Bible says, For I say, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. As God given you faith, he has dealt with every single one of us a measure of faith. Shout hallelujah. So what can we learn from this verse? The first thing we can learn is that faith is a gift from the Lord. Faith is a gift from the Lord. Now, faith is not just ordinary living or positive thinking or logical reasoning. Those things are good. That is different from faith. That's talk about the substance. I've heard people say that, you know, if you put a chair and, uh, you know, just a proper chair, like a three-leg chair, and you sat on it, then you have faith because you believe you know fall. Now, that is okay, but that's not the Bible's definition because that comes with logical reasoning. If that chair is wobbly, you will not sit on it. It has come from your own mindsets, your pre uh, meditated idea, thinking, psychology, that you know that, that we always hold here. But at the same time, the faith we're talking about, the faith of the Bible, the originator is God. Shout hallelujah. The originator is God. Amen. In the first the Bible says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that it's not of yourself, it is the gift of God. With faith, God is the initiator, is the author and the finisher of faith. Shout hallelujah. The faith, see, anyone got a, have you got a pen that I can use? Thank you. So, if I write something here, like, can you all see what I'm holding here? What is it? Okay, can you put in your tea? Can you put this in your tea? Because even though it is sugar, but the substance is not what it is the intrinsic value is not what it is so the originator of faith is jesus the substance is jesus and that is what we are talking about hallelujah and god has given each and everyone a measure of faith now you may not feel it but i want to tell you it's not by feeling it is by knowing it is not by feeling, it is by knowing. It is not by feeling, it is by knowing. 
Shout hallelujah. The day you were born again, you knew you were born again. So many things, the greatest miracle happened to you that same day. But you just know, you don't feel, I just got born again. You've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. But not, you just don't see anything. But that is the day you stand your journey of sanctification. Faith. Hallelujah. Also, we can increase in faith. That's why it says God has dealt with everyone a measure of So, it means we can increase in faith. Just like the most wants to go to the gym and exercise and do all of that. It increases with time. However, the deposit that you have is able to move mountain. It is enough. So quickly, what are the quintessential requirements to grow in faith? Like that demon-possessed father in Mark 9 that said, I believe, please help my unbelief. I believe but please help my unbelief. It means I need more. I want to believe. You know, sometimes when I pray with people and they say, the Lord said he has done it. But it doesn't look, in fact, the second day, that is the time it, things look even really, really worse. But the Lord has done it. So I believe. God help my unbelief. How can God help your unbelief? Five things and we can quickly pray. Our requirement to grow your face, number one, is learn to listen to God. You listen to God. See, brethren, your exposure without the personality of the Holy Spirit is a great risk. We will not, as a church, we will not do anything unless the Holy Spirit says we should do it. The same thing in your life. Put it as a practice. Some people want to say, but God has given me brain. Let's use it well. The Bible also says, by no man's strength shall he prevail. So the Lord is speaking to us as individual. The Bible says in 10, Romans 10, says, the Lord who has believed our message. Consequently, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Learn to listen. And this is the way Jesus lived his life. I was going through some passages recently. When uh, Lazarus was sick and was about to die, and they went to Jesus. They said, Jesus loves Lazarus so much. Jesus was in a place called Bethbra. And Jesus said, your friend is about to die. They sent a message to him. The Bible said, from that place to, to Bethany, where Lazarus, Martha, and Mary were, it's about 45 kilometers. So in those days, they walk. So it would take them like two days, a day or two days. They said, Jesus stayed another two days. Now, I've been wondering, why did Jesus stay? Did Jesus want to show something? There are so many dead people around. People die constantly in those days. But Jesus was waiting to hear from his father. He said, I will not do anything unless what I hear my father. Learn to wait upon Jesus. Learn to listen to Jesus. So when you come and we pray together, and you say, Pastor, you don't go back to me, it's because I've not listened, to, I've not heard from Jesus. You know, that is the reason why so many people get deceived by priests and pastors. Because once you start doing that, then they want to tell you what will make you happy. But if God has not spoken it, it will not come to pass. 
Learn to listen to Jesus. Let him give you the direction. Because once he gives you direction, honestly, surely, go and relax. It will be done. Shout hallelujah. Jesus speaks to us all the time. He speaks to us through his words. He speaks to us sermons like this, through songs, through circumstances, through different situations. Even in your dreams, he speaks to you. He's constantly, as we're talking to the Liverpool FM is working. You may not hear because you're not tuned to it. So Jesus is constantly speaking. The Spirit of God in you is constantly speaking. So number one, listen to Jesus. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Number two, learn to obey. Faith is both a noun and a verb. Learn to obey the action, the very part of it. He said, whatever he tells you, do it. Learn to obey. Once the Lord gave us a direction, see, that was the challenge we had. I can feel the presence of the Lord that is not as it should be. Said so I was kneeling and said, what is going on? What is the listen? I have asked you to wait upon me for three days and you have not done it. So some of some people, you, you know, it depends on how God deals with you. Some people, you can do so many things and you get away. Some people just want turning when the Lord does not say, and you are in big trouble. Learn to obey. Obedience is there. Faithfulness. Faith is a gift from God. The faithfulness is our response to our faith. It is what we do with our faith. Faithfulness. See what happens. The disciples, apostles said to the Lord, see, they tried to do some healings. It does not happen. And Jesus just did it easily. Then apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. You know what Jesus said them? You know what those days we tell the Jews and all that say, increase our faith. They just lay hand on you and say, you know what, receive it. And you fall down. And you get up and you're still the same. Sometimes things changes in you unless you take action. But Jesus told them, he said, Jesus replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. You need the smallest faith in you. Use it, and the Lord will increase it. Jesus is actually telling them, if I change, that is... Jesus actually being sarcastic with them. Now, it's giving them a different idea. The disciples were asking the wrong thing. I remember that was a time my, my wife remembered this. I knelt and said, God, you know this kind of power you give this particular Jew? I mentioned like one or two, three that I really like the administration. God, I need it. Give me, give me, give me, give me. I was praying. I was fasting. Then one day the Lord said to me, he said, what I've given you is more than all this. Use it. And that was the end of that prayer point. God has given you. The reason why it's not manifesting is because you've not used it. It requires your faithfulness. So to paraphrase what Jesus was telling you, you are faith. Even if it is small, you can still do great things. 
Now, the problem we have is that as Christians, we want Jesus to be our Savior, but not our Lord. We want him, we want him to be our benefit father. Where we go and ask things, and we refuse to be faithful when he gives instruction. Some people still struggle with in different areas, simple obedience in prayers, simple obedience in giving, in tithing, and all those areas. And if God cannot trust you with 200 pounds and you believe in God for 200 million, it doesn't work like that. When it tests you and you are faithful, it increases it. It tests you again, you are faithful, it increases it. It tests you, you are faithful, it increases it. Otherwise, if you're wise in your own sight, it will leave us to our foolishness. And you organize seven days prayer and fasting. And you don't know that the result is because of your unfaithfulness and disobedience. Learn to obey whatever it tells you. Don't challenge God. Do it. Number three, learn to depend on God. Depend on God. Learn to depend on him. I am the vine, you are the, you are the branches. If you remain, you remain in me, and I in you, you bear much fruit. Say, apart from me, how many things can you do? Nothing. Without Jesus, we can do nothing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In how many things? All your ways. Submit to him and will make your part in all your ways. Now, I wanted to give a testimony before because of time I couldn't give. Let me quickly give that one minute testimony. That's two weeks ago we were praying. And I was doing the last prayer. The Holy Spirit tells me, pray as we go to work this week. And I also put in the message on the Monday that you will not be implicated in your place of work. Remember like three or two weeks ago that you'll be covered. No, you get implicated those that do a care work and all of this. And we were praying and praying. And the Lord security. I didn't know the prayer. What God was actually asking me to pray for also myself. Then I go to, to my place of work. Now, in my lecture room. Just tell my students, you know, when they come around all those young teenagers and they start talking about things loudly. I just joke with them, I say, you know what, this is a holy class. So they always, anytime they say that, they say, oh, Dr. Lee, this is a holy, I say, this is a holy, so they all know it. This is a holy class. This is a holy class. I open sad. this is a holy class. Oh, Seb, we know you're a priest. Are you married? This is a holy I don't want to discuss all of that. So, now, that's this particular day as I was teaching them. Then, one of them groups came, and I said, oh, say, can you put up these sleeves like this? It looks as if this muzzle is bigger than this muzzle. I said, really? Okay. Say, say, can you touch this and feel this one? So, and and because I preach to them, I always tell the righteousness exalted. That's my key word in this. Exalted and seen as a reproach. They know all those things I say. So then he said, I'll oh, say, can you see? This one is bigger than this one. I said, oh. Then he, 
she opened it in the class. And as I was saying, then the Holy Spirit brought my attention to the prayer. I said, no, tell your friend to do it. The friend was recording. That would have gone into echo after 17 years of in education. So what I'm saying is, your exposure without the Holy Spirit can bring you down one day. You can do it for 16 years and 11 months and think you have the experience. But the Holy Spirit will see you through all the time. Learn to depend on God. That will not go me into a problem that I will like come to the church and tell some people, I say, you know, you, you all respect me. You know, I say, I just say social things like that doesn't happen. Some people still go back. Uh, you don't really know, you know, sometimes things can, some people still think like that. But anything that will bring reproach to the name of the Lord should not happen. Shout hallelujah. Depend on God. Number four, learn to wait upon God. Wait upon God. The Bible says, as a roundup, for those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, I like this. Verse before that, it's a time, is a tool in God's hand. It is passing, and it's passing. We either strengthen our faith or undermine it, depending. God used time to train us to be strong. When the Lord tells you, I have done it, that it looks as if it is not done. Then it is the time to say, whatever God will not do. Let it remain undone. Don't take a shortcut. The shortcut is the shortcuts are not short in the long run. They are not short. Righteousness exalts. Sin is a reproach. Righteousness exalts. Sin is a reproach. Righteousness exalts as no shortcuts. Whatever you cannot boldly give testimony, don't do it. The Lord will help us in Jesus. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, 9, but it's written, as I've not seen, yes, I've not heard, it's not been conceived in minds of men. The great thing that the Lord has for those that love him. Now, the same thing was said in the Old Testament by prophet Isaiah, for eyes have not seen, ears have not said, and all of that. But he said for those that wait for him, the common denominator to replace them is those that love him and those who are wait for him. It means if you love him, you will wait for him. You run ahead of yourself because of that love. The love for him and the waiting for him. You come to the realization that you love God and he will do it because he has promised he will. In meets. The Bible says in verse 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that will lie. And neither the son of man that he repents. He has said and he shall surely do it. Has he not spoken? Shall he not make it good? Anything that God has said or spoken can't be trusted. He will surely fulfill it. He will do it. Tell somebody beside you, he will do it. Jesus will do it. He will do it. In the name of Jesus, finally, as we round up, remember, we started at 
70, we sing for three minutes. So let's say we started 20. So now it's 50, so the message was 30 minutes. I'm not talking about anything. Shout hallelujah. <laughs> right, so praise God. Learn to, to acknowledge, repent, and profit from faith failures. Now, should in case you missed it in the past, you made mistakes, you've done something you're not very proud of, you've not believed in him, you take decisions that is not right, learn to let go. Repent, God consistently forgives. Repent genuinely. Tell the Lord sincerely that I am sorry. I have done this my way, my own way. Sometimes, you know, when we do counseling, for those that are about to get married, some of the things that we hear, and we just say, you know what? Just tell the Lord, you are deeply, deeply, deeply sorry. And that is it. That even if your heart condemns you after that, God is greater than your heart. See, that's something that baffled me. If you read Romans 4, 18 to 19, you see what the Bible says. It says, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations, just as he has been told. So shall you also be without weakening in his faith. He acknowledged the discreetness of his body since he was about 100 years old and the lifeness of Sarah's womb. The Bible says he believed and it was accounted to him as righteousness. If you read the New Testament testimony of Abraham and the fathers of faith, you say, wow. But if you look at the Old Testament, it wasn't like that. It wasn't like that. Abraham was waiting. And because he thought, God, you promised me this is not. So because of that faith that was not there fully enough that time, the wife said, let me give you one of my maid, Aga, so that you can go in with her so they can have a baby. Because look at I am, I can't give you no baby anymore. Whereas God has promised. They had families together. They gave birth to Ishmael. They did not throw. They, but is that what the Bible is saying there? Repent for the past failure. Don't let it hold you down. The New Testament does not record that. Some few years down the line, he went to a different town. He met a king, Abimelech. And Abimelech said, I love this woman. Even at that age, the woman was old. He said, no, 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 no. Because the Bible said, he thought in his heart that if I said, this is my wife, they will kill me and took that, take that lady. He said, that's my sister. The Abimelech said, prepare the lady. Take that lady to my room. And they prepared the lady. Abraham was willing to accept the wife to be taken through that process because he was afraid for his life. Then the, the, the Lord came to uh, Abimelech in the dream and said, you are a dead man. He said, what did I do? He said, you took what does not belong to you. He said, but I did it with the integrity of my heart. Abraham lied to me because said, I'm not saying you do something, but that is the interpretation of what you're about to do. And that's a lesson to everybody. The interpretation of what you're about to do, and if you do that, it's death. It's death. God was just telling him the spiritual implication of what he was about to do before he did it. Then he said, restore that back and bless Abraham, my servant. So now, what I'm bringing forward is that, but look at the New Testament's record of Abraham. You will never see all those things there. Because 
things happened after that time. That was after Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed and Abraham saw the manifestation of God's power and his faith got stronger. Then he believed and was accounted to him as righteousness. That was what God recorded in the New Testament. So forget about your past. You've done things if not proud of. Heaven has for you said that's therefore now no condemnation to those that are now in Christ Jesus. Take a new step of faith. Even when your heart condemns you or your friends or people, Jesus, God is greater than your heart. But that's not to say that we keep falling and rising like a roller coaster. The problem then is that you do a test, you don't pass, you remain in the same class. That's no promotion. Shout hallelujah. So let's quickly round up then as we round up. Do you have confidence that God will fulfill his promise made to you? Do you trust him to lead you in the best possible way for your life? Or are we willing to put your trust in the hand of men? I hope you say yes to these questions. Now, I want to say don't miss God's best for your life. Now, you cannot lose anything by trusting God. You cannot lose anything by trusting Jesus. I mean, I like the testament that we're giving this morning. When people said, since they lost their father, then Jesus became their father. The pastor said they listened to a message yesterday, and that resonated with me. When my own dad died, the final day I was writing my exam in um, 1999, wasn't it? Yeah. 1999, 2000. That was when he died. He was young, like 50s, 60s, I'm not sure then. Then as we're doing, I was saying, oh, why did this happen? I just suffer so much then. Not suffer, but I mean, the weight he has done, pay school fees, paid all these things. The Lord said, I'm going to give you another father. And then came the president. He always, what the man has done, my earthly father cannot do it. So what am I saying? What I'm saying is trust in the Lord, not in our understanding. And we will fulfill his word. Shall we pray? Let's close our eyes. Fill my cup, Lord.